can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We need to discuss Emily in Paris. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad that you watched it. I know that you were on a date, but I was in my bed binge watching this series because I'd heard (gasps) so many mixed reviews. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it. And then I thought, f*** it, I'm just going to watch it. Everyone seems to be talking about it. I need to know what it's all about. And I just feel like we need to discuss some inconsistencies <laughs> in the storyline. Like, so if you haven't watched Emily in Paris and you're planning to, just skip forward a little bit. Firstly, you don't break up with your boyfriend and then he disappears. She yeah. heard nothing from him again. Where was that in the storyline? Yeah, every time he's seen like a man's hand in your stories, he's sending you a DM. Like, come yeah. on. The other inconsistency on Emily in Paris was she started with like 40 followers. Next minute, she's got, got 20K, 20,000 followers from like, uh, like, how did she snowball from 40? 40- followers to 20,000 <laughs> in like know. a few yeah. days in Paris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the timeline was, but it just didn't seem super realistic. But I did actually really enjoy it and I got to the end of it and I was like, when season two? I need to know what's going on. Yeah, I think the best review that I've read, I don't know, do you follow every outfit on Sex and the City? Yes. Every outfit on SATC. Yeah. yeah. So they've done um, by popular demand and against our better judgment, we present our uncensored individual takes on Emily in Paris. And I just yeah. loved like, so this girl Chelsea said, did I watch an entire season of Emily in Paris in less than 48 hours? Yes. Do I hate myself for doing that? Absolutely. As big would say. <laughs> um, she says, this show made me dumber but it also allowed me to escape into a magical world where I didn't have to think about the coronavirus and the election 24-7. I absolutely agree with that. (laughs) I I totally agree that it was like I hated it, but at the same time, like, I want more. Sorry, now that we're talking about TV, Netflix TV series, Brave New World on Stan, if you are looking for, you know, highly choreographed orgy scenes, it is amazing. It's got like all these like... I was going to ask what it was about, but I won't now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's based on a book, Brave New World. It's pretty sexy, I would say. But it's it's like the big thing on Stan at the moment. I can't believe you're not going to watch it. I've not it, heard of it. I'm always really behind in these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, it sounds weird. Like they they do these drugs called soma and they have orgies. It sounds really weird, but it's not. It's really not. It's actually really good. Okay, so Hannah, what is on today's episode? So on today's episode, we have Amy joining us again to talk about stretch marks. Then we have our favourite over 40s makeup artist, Amanda Ramsey, coming on to talk about all things makeup and over 40s makeup. And then, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. 
Welcome back, Amy, for another episode. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here to talk about a topic I know intimately well. Yes, you did actually recommend that we do this cringy convo topic. And it's funny that you say that because Hannah and I actually had this on our list to discuss within the first couple of episodes. What happened? We got sidetracked with some other topics, but it always comes up. Anytime I post like a a story or something asking what people want us to talk about, stretch marks is always the most requested. So I'm glad that you have requested to talk about it because I think we definitely need to cover it off as one of our cringy combo topics. So tell us, Amy, what has your experience been with stretch marks? How do you feel about them now? Oh, my Lord. Maybe it's a good thing that other cringier conversations have kind of come up and taken the place of stretch marks because I would hope that one day like there's nothing cringy about stretch marks at all um, Mm. because that's definitely the case, but it takes a lot of time to arrive at that conclusion, I think. Absolutely. Everyone gets stretch marks. I guess that's the first thing to say. Um, But my experience with stretch marks has been, it's actually probably quite common as a lot of people do throughout their life. If you change weight, I've been thin, I'm I've been plus size, I've been all sizes. And so my body has just copped the brunt of that in terms of stretch marks. So, you know, anytime that your size changes, your skin has to stretch, you're going to get stretch marks. And they didn't actually bother me in my teens, I don't think. But probably the time that I've been the most conscious of my stretch marks was when, because sometimes you just wake up one day and they're there. Like if you've put on weight recently or for whatever reason, say you're going through a growth spurt. I know a lot of teenagers, you just wake up and they're red, they're angry and you're kind of like, what? Like what the hell are these? I have them all over my body, like bum, hips, boobs, stomach, everywhere. It's like I've got all body tattoos but stretch marks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually love that you said that everybody gets them because I got stretch marks as I went through puberty and I have them all over my butt and they don't really bother me. Hannah, we spoke about this earlier before we actually jumped on to record and we both said like, to be honest, they don't really bother us that much. Like it's not one of those things that I look at in the mirror and think, oh, I wish I could do something about that. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that you don't have to be okay with everything. Yeah, You don't have to look at yourself in the mirror and be accepting of everything. It's okay to have insecurities about things like stretch marks because, you know, again, on the conditioning topic that we've spoken about in recent episodes, we're con- mm. conditioned to feel like there's something wrong with having stretch marks. But isn't it interesting? I've just had a bit of a deep thought. Yeah, We all work in the beauty industry. It's the mm. beauty industry that has, has conditioned us to think there's things that's yeah. wrong with us so that we can buy things to fix them. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about, because we say, you know, all human beings can get stretch marks, but mm. which I guess gender or, you know, gender identifying, who are the ones that care? And it's women Mm. because, as we know, back in the day, and it was probably dreamt up by men, I would say, they're like how it's like a (laughs) bunch like mad men. It's a bunch of dudes sitting around a table in a boardroom and they're like, hmm, how do we get the women to buy this cream? Like, <laughs> let's tell them that it gets rid of stretch marks. And I'd also say that the fashion industry has a role to play in this as well because, I mean, Victoria's Secret, for example, only just showed advertising with, a, you know, a still a thin woman but with undies on with stretch marks. Mm. You know, a lot of fashion advertising 
has been airbrushed and like magazine covers. So there's just so many different factors at play. Yeah. We've spoken about this, Joe, about what, like I grew up thinking my pores were disgusting and it was wrong because all I'd ever seen was airbrushed skin. I didn't know that mm. pores and texture were normal. And we had a similar conversation with Jess Ray King really early on in one of our episodes about cellulite and mm. the same kind of concept where we grow up to think that this is not something that should be on our bodies and that we should be hiding it or getting rid of it. But again, it's such a normal part of our anatomy to have cellulite and to have stretch marks. But I did want to look up exactly what stretch marks are because I thought that would be like an interesting little point to add because the American Academy of Dermatology actually say that a stretch mark is a type of scar and that develops. Yeah. So as you can imagine, a scar is very hard to get rid of once it's there. So it happens when our skin stretches or shrinks quickly. So that abrupt change can cause the collagen and elastin, which supports our skin to rupture. And then as the skin heals, the stretch marks may appear. Even the American Academy of Dermatology say it is totally normal to Mm. experience stretch marks. A lot of people obviously get stretch marks from growth spurts, pregnancy, rapid weight loss or gain, and sometimes weight training as well, which you may see more in men. I've seen men with stretch marks before, obviously not as many as I have seen women, but yeah, I mean, it's just another thing that women have to deal with, right? <laughs> That's it. I think um, probably the other really important thing to know is very similar to cellulite. Everyone's always wanting to know, how can I get rid of cellulite? How can I get rid of stretch marks? How can I get rid of scars? And there's no exercise for the skin. You know, like the skin can't be trained, mm. I guess, mm. in, if we're talking about like the physical once something has stretched it's stretched and it might yep. it might bounce back and that has a lot to do with your age, you know. So if you are a younger person, your skin might have a bit more elasticity than, say, someone in their 50s. But, you know, there's so many creams and lotions and potions and all the things that, that claim to get rid of stretch marks. And I just want to make a bold claim that there isn't a cream mm. that can remove stretch marks, especially mm. if they're ones that you had when you were a teenager. It's a little bit different if they're recent stretch marks. So like a recent scar, you know, when when it's still that pinky, and I'm not a doctor, by the way, but this is just speaking from my own personal experience. When the stretch marks are still that pinky kind of reddy colour and it's the same with scars, like I've got some surgery scars that I'm trying to fade at the moment, using a vitamin E cream or a vitamin E oil can help to reduce their appearance. But once they're that silvery kind of, you know, the silvery line, there's nothing really you can do to get rid of them. And so Mm. at the end of the day, the only person who suffers from the stretch marks is yourself when you're self-conscious about them. Mm. No one else gives a sh. And no one is looking at them on the beach. On that point, there is like there has been some dermatologists that have come out and said like there is nothing that can prevent them from happening and there is very little that you can do about them once they have turned into the white marks as well. And I think there is some misconception around tanning being able to reduce the appearance of them and that's absolutely not true either. So please Mm. don't go and sunbake trying to reduce the appearance of them. But apparently there is some research to suggest that uh, topical retinoids like a tretinoin or prescription retinoid mixed with some kind of other in-clinic treatment like ablative lasers can be effective, but obviously in a dermatologist setting. Mm. So the things that you're buying over the counter or trying to do at home or you're doing DIY stuff, none of that is probably going to be 
effective. Do you think it's an old wives' tale? Because my mum said that the reason she doesn't have, of course, Linda would say this. She's like, the reason <laughs> the reason I don't have stretch marks on my stomach is because I used this oil every single day. Like, so that was then passed down to me as like, mm. oh, that's why. I think there's something to be said about like skin is skin and it's going to stretch and there can be something to be said about having you know say during pregnancy you know it's often recommended you do moisturize the skin regularly like give the skin hydration to kind of keep it in its best condition mm. it's not necessarily going to prevent you from it's getting not a silver mm. bullet yeah and it, and it's genetics too sometimes I mean there's no harm in doing it Really? Well, that's it. No one, you don't lose. No one loses yeah. in that situation, especially if someone else can rub it in for you. Yeah. <laughs> I so agree with that. Uh, all right. Well, we've pretty much covered off stretch marks for today, I think. Did anyone else have anything they wanted to add? Just live your life. Yeah. That's what I live say. Live your life. life. That's Amy's last comment. Love that. Live your life. So today's guest joining us is award-winning makeup artist, educator, and over 40s makeup expert, Amanda Ramsey. You may have seen her across all of our other channels. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. We thought it was only fitting that you joined us on the podcast since you've been all over YouTube and Instagram. Thanks, girls. (laughs) Thanks. It's wonderful to be here with you. Thanks for joining us. So as a woman and a makeup artist in your late forties, Amanda, how have you? How has your approach to makeup changed <laughs> over the years? I love. I just laugh because it's changed so much. Look, I think makeup has gotten a little bit too serious. Um, we've lost a little bit of that playfulness and that fun, and I think there's so many women my age and older that are almost paralyzed with fear of getting it wrong. Mm. So that's just something that I've really noticed and want to help to change and bring back a bit more. Let's not take it too seriously. It's makeup. It's supposed to be playful and fun. And I guess to answer your question, you know, I grew up in the 80s. So I've gone from matte heavily powdered thank you max factor pancake makeup where we literally had the pancake and the sponge (laughs) um to now fresh luminous dewy natural looking skin it's all about the skin for me like it's all about the skin looking like natural not cover up and Back when I was learning makeup, you know, before I became a makeup artist, it was called cover-up. Foundation was called cover-up. And I think we need to undo that a little bit. Mm. And a lot of, you know, 40-plus women still might call it cover-up or think of it as cover-up. But it's not cover-up. It's (laughs) enhance-up. So I've really moved and transitioned from that more matte powdery finish to a luminous, fresh, healthy finish. And I think the other thing, the third thing for me is that it's not enough for a product to perform really well. I expect that. That's a given. I'm all about products also need to nourish and nurture and look after the health of your skin as a mature woman. So pack it with skin-loving ingredients and I'm all for it. I think that's the shift. You know, it's a shift from powdery, matte finish cover-up to luminous, healthy, glowy-looking skin. Before I get on to my next question, which is about your viral TikTok video that you did for us, you've done quite a few videos with us and it's they've all gone like incredibly well. Do you see enough, I guess, 
40 plus faces out there doing makeup? Do you think that there's a bit of fear around getting out there on camera? Like I really related to what you said is that makeup's become scary because I feel the same with color and colored eyeshadow, like all these like pro 20 somethings on YouTube. And I'm like, what are you doing? I can't do that. And do you need to look, I, I celebrate the creativity. I also enjoy love watching Instagram makeup. Um, but I do think it has invited a level of stress for some women and confusion. Do I need to be doing that? I think as a mature makeup expert, I've noticed that it's getting a bit confusing. And I think maybe that's why it went a bit viral. I don't know. I think it's hilarious that's gone viral. But I also have another thought that this pro-age movement is really gaining momentum. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I've been singing the pro-age song for years now and it's just so magnificent to see it's the time to be a woman age 40 plus, you know, it's been finally being celebrated and that social media has helped us see a lot more of that too, you know. That TikTok video got 70,000. Joe, when you wrote this question, it had 40,000 and it's now gone up to 70,000. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is too funny. My 11-year-old son thinks it's hilarious that mum's TikTok <laughs> video went viral. In that TikTok, you mentioned three makeup tips for over 40s. Can you tell us what those tips are? Yes. First of all, you all freak me out making me do TikTok. You know that, don't you? But <laughs> Amanda was very worried about the TikTok. I was like, you but can you do can it. you can teach a Gen X a new tricks. That's what we've learned here. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. My three top makeup tips from that viral video were, number one is the golden triangle of amazingness, I like to call it. It's using a lightweight, light reflecting liquid under your eye in the shape of a triangle. And what that does is really brightens and lifts your complexion. Mm. So under eye darkness is a real challenge for a lot of mature skinned beauties <laughs> for a whole host of reasons, right? But we just need to not get too hung up on it, right? The occipital bone is quite literally deteriorating. So your eyes are falling a little bit back into your head. So that's why you're more aware of the darkness perhaps than you were in your 20s. So there's not much you can do about that. That's life. That's the beauty of aging. And that's the beauty of maturing. It's nothing we can do about that. But we can use this golden triangle of amazingness technique to really brighten and lift and make you it's like eight hours of sleep in a tube. If you get the mm. formula right, it will really brighten your complexion. But I think you've got to just not beat yourself up about that. Let a bit of that go and enjoy the privilege of being mature, aged. Tip two is, uh, oh, the banging bright lip, like really rock a bright lip. Now, I grew up with a mother who never left home without a lippy on, so I don't know if it just by osmosis became Same. my thing. <laughs> but I do think, you know, I always say that confident women wear a bright lipstick but bright lipstick also gives confidence, you know. It's a mood shifter. So even if you're not feeling confident, you whack a bright lippy on and it gives the impression of, and that just 
kind of permeates everything. When you're feeling good, you're radiating, right? So it's a mood shifter. It also says, hi, I'm here. It's like a visibility cue as well, because long gone are the days that mature, you know, I don't like using the word mature because I still haven't grown up yet, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Women over 40, um, I think that you know, long gone are those days where we want to fade into the background. You know, everyone Mm. deserves to be visible. And I feel like a banging bright lip can do that. And it will really lift your complexion too. Hannah loves a bold red lip and she nails it. A red (laughs) lip looks so good. Do you know what you've just made me feel? I'm feeling so down about myself at the moment and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to put on a bright lip. You wait and see me, Joanna, on you. our Zoom call. <laughs> I need it. I needed this pep talk. Yes, you did need this pep talk. And I think everyone does need the pep talk because I hear so often, oh, I couldn't do a bright lip. It's like that confidence has just been shattered somewhere along the line or for, you know, mm. and current state of affairs with the whole global mm. mood, you know, we could all we could all do it with a banging bright lip right now to help yep. shift yeah. our mood. Okay, so I should move on, shouldn't I, to tip three? Yeah. <laughs> Therapy session may continue shortly. <laughs> okay, tip three is always do your lower lash line first with eyeshadow. So even if you're not a smoky eye girl, you just take a little bit of shadow, even if it's just a hint of bronzer, Do your lower lash line first before you do your upper part of your eye because when you follow your lower lash line, it kicks up in the corner and you will never have a droopy looking eye again because now I know we're staying in our positivity bubble. I don't want to break my positivity bubble. But the outer corners of your eyes do become more downturned, you know, as your crinkles and wrinkles tend to deepen there. So if you're always following that top line, it's going to move downwards. Does that make sense? I know it's more a visual Mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, yeah, you'll have to go to the Adore Beauty channels to have a look at me demoing (laughs) You will. You'll have to go and watch the TikTok if you haven't seen it yet. I love that tip. And something I was told by a makeup artist many years ago was to recommend a brown mascara for more mature women over a black mascara. Why would that be? Well, I don't subscribe to that point of view, but I think think where that's coming from is that, you know, brown is a bit softer. So if you are transitioning to silver and your skin is you know, getting a little more pale, then maybe you feel that the black is too harsh. However, I don't subscribe to that. And can I tell you why? I'm all for, I'm a bit like why bother with brown? Because if you're fair skinned, you have pale blue green eyes, I I get it. You know, it is a little bit softer and you don't like a mascara that looks too dark or too dramatic. Maybe go for brown. So that's probably where that was coming from. Mm -hmm. But here's why I love black. Lashes fade and they do tend to get a little more thin. We want to see them. Like there's that saying, isn't there, that the eyes are the window to the soul. Mm -hmm. We want to enhance your eyes. So by defining them with a beautiful 
black, uber black mascara, we get instant definition to your eyes. So instant drama. Mm -hmm. These questions probably for 30 plus, not just 40 plus, because I have got this problem as well. How can we avoid products settling into the fine lines, especially around the eyes? Because that's definitely something that I noticed, have noticed for myself as a 30 plus woman, and I'm sure 40 plus as well feel the same. Joanna, you wouldn't as a 20 something, you're not there quite yet, (laughs) but yeah, what's the secret? Give us your secrets. Oh, well, the bad news is you can't cover crinkles and wrinkles. Okay. Mm, I thought so. So it's futile (laughs) to try. I think the, the secret honestly is A, embrace them. B, make sure your skin is really well prepped before you reach for any form of foundation makeup product. Really well prepped skin, make sure it's really well hydrated and moisturized before you add any product. And I guess the other secret is the more lightweight the liquid formula is that you use around your crinkles and wrinkles or fine lines as you so delicately called them, (laughs) the more lightweight formula, the better. So if you contemplate the more product you pack on, the more product there is to sit in the fine lines and crinkles. So use lightweight and layer light formulas. I love that you use the YSL Touche under your eyes in that TikTok because it's so lightweight and it blends into the skin so seamlessly that it really doesn't create anywhere for you know, product to sit into because it blends into the skin so well. And I did see a couple of comments being like, oh, wouldn't that cake under your eyes? But the formula of Touche Clara is so light that it really doesn't and it's so illuminating as well. It is a secret weapon, Hannah. That's your secret weapon. That YSL Touche Clara really is a secret (laughs) weapon. The formula is so lightweight and it's not officially a concealer. It is a highlighter yeah. type product. Um, so anything, it doesn't have to be YSL Touche Club, but anything that is very lightweight, even if your foundation, just it, you make sure your foundation is a lightweight formula. The more product, the more likely it is to sit in the crinkles. And move away from the powder. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a conversation recently about how your makeup style may change as you go grey. Can you talk a little bit more around that? I really liked the points that you spoke about. This is a personal conversation, obviously, that we had together, but I'd love for our audience to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Silver foxes. Let's talk about the silver foxes. Basically, listen up, all silver sisters out there, you're cool. There has never been a better time (laughs) in our lifetime to be silver-haired. So I think the thing is here, if you've been dark-haired pre-transition, it is much more of a change. You're going from dark hair to platinum, let's say. Blondies, you've got a little less of a transition happening. So I think the shock to the system is a little less for those of us that have been blonde. I think what it means is when you're going grey or silver, we like to say silver, sounds a bit fancier, it means there's less of a contrast to your skin. So you need to change up. You might need to wear a little bit more blush than you're used to wearing. That's usually the key thing, a little bit more blush to add some colour to give you more contrast in your look. So adding a bit of brights, so blush, it's probably a little bit more than what you're used to. A sweep of bronzer is really great too to help warm up your complexion and give it a little bit of contrast to your hair. 
also filling in your brows as well. So if your brows have stayed the same as they were and they haven't gone silver or grey, then cool, just fill them in. If they have transitioned and gone a bit silver, then just fill them in with a colour that is closer to your natural colour before you started transitioning to silver. What else? Oh, uber black mascara. I just think silver women look amazing with an uber black mascara to really give your eyes definition and help them to stand out. And of course, pop on a bright lippy. I think uh, being silver haired is a really good time to embrace a bright or vibrant. Mm. It doesn't have to be you know, your bright red or your bright fuchsia. It could just be a more neutral tone that has some vibrancy to it. So you must have been witness to every brow style under the sun since we've had so many different trends over the decades. What role do brows play and how important are they? Okay, brows. And yes, I mean, my goodness, have we been through it all? I was thinking about it. It was like, 70s, they were really waxed and arched. 80s, they were really thick and fluffy a la Brooke Shields. Then 90s, we were skinny. In 2000s, they were pencil thin, you know, and then we got the texture brows of the Kardashian sort of vibe. No wonder women are confused about their brows. <laughs> it's always forever changing. And I think the thing with brows is that if you contemplate a beautiful painting so let's say you've bought a beautiful work of art and it's sitting in your living zone and it looks amazing once you frame that beauty it just comes to life it really comes into its own and comes to life well it's the same with brows they do frame your face and give your give you a bit of an anchor point they kind of pull everything together plus they can just make you look a little more polished and pulled together I think as well. So my tips for brows are to try and soften your brow arch. Like I see a lot of ladies that have what we makeup artists call the M's. So the brow kind of goes up really high in the arch and then comes down on the corners. And so we want to try and soften that arch a little bit. Well, you had yours laminated recently and they look amazing. I absolutely loved it. I must say when I first had it done, my husband was very mean and he sent me a photo. I sent him a photo just saying, giving you a heads up because I've had my brows done and whenever they tint my brows, they're usually quite dark. And then he sent me this photo of Ming the Merciless from Star Trek. Because I did look a little bit terrifying because they were very dark and my kids always go, oh, my God, you look like Dad. Um, (laughs) But that's only for a couple of days. And, yeah, I did absolutely love it. And the reason I love it, I wanted to try it so I could confidently talk to my audience about the process. Mm. And the reason I love it is it's the process of really brushing your brows up. And when you brush your brows up, it gives your eyes a lift. Yeah, definitely. Lifts everything up. Lifts everything up. So it's it's a great, I'm actually going to have it done again next week because I loved it so much. Well, lucky, we can now go and get our brows mm. done too. So you're not the only one. <laughs> yes, you can now, can't you? We're free. Yay. Yeah, oh, yeah so we can nice. have brow and lash treatments. No skin stuff yet, but we'll get there, I'm sure. As you mentioned earlier, you love a bold lip. We've mentioned that quite a few times and regardless of age. What are some of your all-time favourite lipstick shades? I've got to know. Okay, 
So there's one that I actually bought from you guys, which is on high rotation at the moment. It's a Bobby Brown. It's called Manhattan Sunrise. I just absolutely love that. Mm. It's a really nice, clear, corally red. I love Rages and Beauty, which is an Australian mineral brand that's been formulated specifically for mature skin. They have a colour called Scarlet, which is just this knockout, full coverage red. And I also absolutely love Eri Perez olive oil lipstick in the colour First Date. It's this stunning raspberry red. I also like Eri Perez do one in the colour Surprise, which is a really bold fuchsia pink, which I'm yet to put on a client or a customer and I haven't loved it. And of course, MAC, Lady Danger. Oh, yes. I Mm. love Lady Danger. That's my go-to red lip if I'm wearing black. Yeah, it's it's pretty universally flattering. And I think Relentlessly Red is stunning. It's more like a watermelon. Got that one too. <laughs> I never wear a red lip, like barely ever, but I've got all of these red lipsticks at home. If you'd like to see more tips from Amanda, you can find her on our YouTube and our TikTok. So go and check her out or you can follow her on Instagram as well. Thanks for joining us today, Amanda. It was so good to chat. We'll have to have you back again. I'll see you again. Thanks for having me. All right, so my product I didn't know I needed. I hope you don't mind that I'm just going to go first, Hannah. Go for it. My product I didn't know I needed is the Bioderma Sensor Bio Light Moisturizer. So I was recently sent this for a little virtual facial thing we did with Melanie Grant, which was super fun. It was a really good experience. I was like, it was like watching God do a facial because Melanie Grant is just like the queen of skin. I tried this moisturizer. I have used the Bioderma Micellar Water for a really long time. Love it, but haven't really used that much from the rest of their range. So I was trying a lot of these things for the first time. And to be honest, I found quite a few things in that group of products that I actually really liked and have continued using. But one of those has been the Bioderma Sense Bio Light Moisturizer. And this is designed for normal to combination skin types. And I'm a normal to dry skin type, but I actually find it quite hydrating no congestion, blends into the skin beautifully, doesn't peel. It's an excellent moisturizer, but the best part is it's under 40 bucks. It's like $37.99 or something. So compared to my favorite moisturizer, which is Aspects Phytostat 9, very, very affordable. So an excellent option for anyone who is keen to get a great moisturizer, but doesn't really know what to buy and is on a little bit of a budget. Obsessed with it. Love it. I think it's great. Suitable for sensitive skin types as well. It's a soothing cream, so it's great for intolerant skin. So definitely recommend that as a moisturizer, which is unlike me because generally I don't recommend anything except Phytostat 9. I just always talk about that. So that's mine for today. What's yours? I did just before I get on to mine, wanted mm-hmm. to say Lumira sent me Cuban tobacco. Oh, after so your complaint. I was... <laughs> After my on-air complaint that you got sent Cuban tobacco and I didn't, so they um, very quickly rectified the situation. It's like we're fighting siblings. Just I know, just in time for my date as well because I I got sent the fragrance and by the way, the, the guy sent me a text. This is when I knew I wanted to go on a date with him. Yeah, he just said, "I must say, Linda fan right here." That was his oh. text. I got it in the morning. I woke up to that in the morning, and I was like, "All right, yep, I can go on a date with this yeah. guy." Um, 
if he's a, he's a fan of Linda. <laughs> but I had been sent the perfume and I had used it like over the weekend and I just felt instantly sexy. Mm. And then I wore it on the date too. Look, he didn't say anything, but yeah. Like I, I but felt you sexier. knew that he was thinking it. Of course, of course. I wanted to talk about the eyeshadow palette that I am loving. Oh, is this the one from your colorful eye tutorial on YouTube? Yes, yes. So I've done a tutorial. So I have this thing where we say that beauty is like you know for everyone, and everyone should be able to do anything. And it just sometimes on Instagram and on YouTube, I don't feel like I can. And I remember once I did some contour on Instagram and some girl sent me a message was like, you've done it in the wrong spot. And I was like, oh, (laughs) please don't. Like, I'm just giving it a go. Okay. Just let me live my life. (laughs) And I just love colorful eyeshadow. And it's been, I've just felt it's out of reach because of my skills. Mm -hmm. But so I did this YouTube video, which kind of um, freed me from, yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And it turned out really well. Well, Amelia Simpson, she's a makeup artist she actually said use your pack it on with your finger to Mm. avoid fallout and then just blend it out yeah but also you don't have to start with anything too crazy like you can start with using a blush on your eyes just so you can get a feel for a little bit of color and then as you get more confident to wear color you can then get into the more hectic. I went from zero to 100. That's just a Hannah first thing. (laughs) (laughs) But others might want to just ease into it if they feel a little bit self-conscious about, you know, going all out with colour. But, yeah. If you're ready, if you're ready to take it to the next level, MAC Cosmetics, MAC Art Library, it's designer. That's the palette. So it's got like aqua, green, pink, blue, orange but then it's got like all these shimmery ones as well and so I've been using the pink I also did Linda I did Linda's eyes using it as well and she loved it oh did you she is obsessed with the makeup forever because makeup forever sent me some eyeliners and I don't wear blue eyeliner I use that one oh so mum had said that her eyeliner was it just would be gone. Your eye eats it. So she's been using that. It's the Makeup Forever Aqua Resist Color Pencil. She says it does mm. not move. It doesn't. Definitely need an oil cleanser. Yeah, it stays for up to 24 hours of wear. So she's really happy with that little addition. Yeah. So yeah, color's my new thing. But go check out the YouTube video. So we'll put mm. that in the episode notes if you want to laugh at me trying to do my makeup on camera. <laughs> We'd love home. to see your attempts at color. Now that we have some of our lives back we're probably going to have a lot more value to add to these episodes considering we've been a little bit quiet i've got to (laughs) say since the inspired unemployed episode went live i've had quite a few guys dm me yeah i don't know how why you and not me (laughs) i so i had a pizza restaurant dm me and that we took that offline yeah and i was like just chatting away to this pizza restaurant and i'm like sorry who are you and then (laughs) <laughs> I can't say I would have replied to a pizza restaurant. So <laughs> anyway, that's us wrapped up for another week. Yeah, there's, so there's going to be more, I think, because when it rains, it pours. Great. I look forward to that. I look forward to hearing more of your stories. Maybe I might get one DM. I don't know. Let's, come on, Joe. We all know you've had a few. You're just playing coy. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.